as someone who is registered as blind, I'm a very keen user of technology as well to help me with well all aspects of life. And nowadays, we use technology for even things like doing our grocery shopping, buying products online, social media, etc. But that's only possible if things like websites and apps are made accessible for the likes of screen magnification or screen reading software. Well, another company which has made the step to make their website more accessible is Capital One. And to tell us a little bit more, we have with us Lucy Haig. Lucy, thank you for joining us. Lovely to be here. Thank you. So tell me, first of all, Lucy, about Capital One. So Capital One has been around here in the UK since the 1990s. We are a credit card company. We're actually part of a larger organization that's got a presence in the United States and in Canada. And over there, we're a, more of a full service bank. Well, here in the UK, we're focused on credit cards. Okay, now, I would imagine that most people then will be doing searches online, looking for credit cards and so on, and that would bring people to your website where they would find what kind of information? The first thing you see when you go to capital1.co.uk is our quick check tool, which has been a key offering we've had for customers in recent years. And the point of that is to say that we know that when you apply for a credit card, you are often concerned about whether you'll be accepted or not. And so through customer research, we recognize that 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 was a concern for people. And we developed this tool, which allows you to just do a soft search on your credit file. And by doing so, you can find out if you'll be accepted before you apply. And we do that quite uniquely with 100% certainty. So if you come to our website, you use the quick check tool, you enter a few of your details, we do a soft search, which doesn't affect your credit score for the future. And that will tell you whether you're eligible for one of our products or not. But also there, you can find a load of other information about credit and how to use credit well. And really, our whole concern is how to help people to succeed when taking out credit, because we know it can be a real source of anxiety for people. Okay, now the website then contains all this information. What was the catalyst then that made Capital One look at the site to see how accessible it was? One of the key aspects of us as an organisation is that we really care about inclusion for everyone, regardless of what the individual's particular needs are. Now, we know and we recognise that financial services can be complicated and they can be hard to understand. And we're really dedicated to achieving equality of information between the customer or the prospective customer and us as an organisation. So it's really important to us to deliver information in a format that can be absorbed by anyone, regardless of their own capabilities. And so it became apparent that our website really wasn't in good shape for people who are blind or partially sighted and that that was a standard we needed to improve. What steps then did you take to look at the improvements that were needed? We were aware that there are industry standards for digital accessibility, WCAG guidance that tells you what to do to make your website really accessible. But when we started to think about it, we're very interested in going first to the consumer and getting their perspective. And so when we thought about who would know best how to make a site accessible for the customer, the RNIB was the first organization that sprang to mind. And so we approached the RNIB with a view to seeing what the real standard was for achieving true digital accessibility. Once you'd approached RNIB, what was the next stage to accessibility? Was it looking at what was wrong with the site or what was it quite obvious the improvements that had to be made? We had the site tested by accessibility experts and the great advantage for us of working with the RNIB has been that we've also had reviews by panels of blind and partially sighted people, but that came later. Initially, the first move was to just have an audit of the site 
and to try to understand what were the various aspects of it that make it hard to use for people who are blind and partially sighted. What kind of things cropped up? What were the big stumbling blocks? Compatibility with screen readers, colour contrast not being in the right place, people being able to identify whereabouts on the screen they were, do the menus work, do the videos that we show on the site, which are really there to help people, but do they have captions, audio descriptions? So it's all those kinds of features that really, as a sighted user, you're not thinking about and our designers weren't thinking about. And so by working very closely with people who are blind and partially sighted, we were able to get a much deeper understanding of the types of issues that you face when trying to use a website. So as you carried out these changes, how did you get feedback on the success of them? We worked closely with the RNIB and the standard has been incredibly high. We would make changes to our site and then submit those changes to be reviewed by the RNIB and by some of the users that they were able to put us in touch with. The users try to use the site and make sure that it works for them and then give us feedback and highlight further needs for updates. We weren't able to get any accreditation until we'd fixed everything on the site. And what we would find sometimes is we fixed one thing and then that messed up something else. And so we needed to go back. So it's been a real iterative process over a long period of time to get it to the point where the RNIB were comfortable to say that, yes, this meets the needs of blind and partially sighted users. So you've made great strides then to make the website more accessible for people with varying degrees of visual impairment. Then how will you make sure that continues? Because obviously sites develop over the years as well. It started out as feeling like this was a gap we needed to fill and there was almost a standard we wanted to achieve. And what's actually happened is it's changed our whole approach to design and to problem solving. We now consider the needs of these users at the very beginning. It's changed our approach to designing the site in the first place. So rather than this being, oh, brilliant, we've achieved a standard and we can stay there, it's become a real passion for the whole team. All of our developers now are constantly designing the needs of people with visual impairment in mind. We will continue to check in with the RNIB frequently make sure that as we make updates to the site it still meets their bar the accreditation as it stands so far applies to our capital1.co.uk website we develop new tools all the time we've got a mobile app we're developing new web servicing platforms and so we're really looking to fold all of those into the accreditation and actually it's not really just about visual impairment now we're looking at all other different types of user needs that might exist and trying to make sure that we design for those as well. So this has become the beginning of what I anticipate will become a real long journey for us. Great news, Lucy, that the work has been done to get the website to achieve that standard. Is that a live site now? The site is live and it's available at www.capital1.co.uk. Lucy, best of luck with the website and the continuing strides to make it more accessible as time goes on. And thank you for telling us all about it on RNIB Connect Radio. Thanks very much, Alan.